0: here with us this morning and thankful for uh, the opportunity to be back into his house. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to go ahead and just make a few announcements this morning as we get ready to move into uh, uh, worshiping and giving and uh, those things today. There's a lot going on in the next few weeks. Amen. This is a busy time of the year. And uh, so we're thankful for, uh, amen, the blessing of the Lord to bring us here to allow us to be uh, in this place this morning to worship Him, uh, but I just want to remind you that uh, out in the foyer, as you came in, you—you you, unless you came in um, through the handicap ramp—you would have seen a table full of uh, blessed baked goods. Amen. That is a bake sale that uh, is going for the Grateful Daughter uh, uh, event that is happening on Saturday. November the foyer. Uh, all the proceeds go for that. So if you didn't. Uh, get a chance to stop by on your way in. Please stop by on your way out and be a blessing uh, to that. Amen. And, and the things that uh, that will go to. Uh, also, uh, on the welcome desk is a Pastor Appreciation donation list. Brother Matt is preaching this morning, but uh, there are some things that uh, they're asking folks to bring for the dinner. It's all uh, pre-packaged things, so uh, they're asking you to please bring that uh, next Sunday the 22nd, uh, so make sure that you check that list out there, and uh, be a blessing, and um, don't forget that Pastor Appreciation is a weekend event uh, this year, so it's going to be on Saturday evening at 6 o'clock at um, in Obet's at Stewart Hall, uh, some of you that are familiar with Obet's, it's from Obet's Community Center. Uh, is the address is uh, listed and uh, this is our twenty-fifth year so, anniversary of twenty four blessed and so they are doing um, a weekend so there'll be a dinner on Saturday evening and then Sunday morning uh, will be a special service for pastor appreciation. So that's the twenty eighth and the 29th. And uh, we want everyone that can go to be there. We just ask that you register through the church app. If you haven't downloaded the app, there's information on the welcome desk. There's a QR code. You can uh, scan that, download the app, and then uh, go on there and you'll see the event. And register you, you your family, whoever uh, you're bringing with. you It'll save tickets, but it doesn't cost you anything, that's just uh, a way for them to keep track. So that would be greatly appreciated. Um, if you would do that uh, For pastor appreciation Next Sunday uh, Next Sunday morning we have a special guest Minister, Pastor Rick Back Is going to be here uh, from Indiana So we're looking forward to that He's not a stranger here But we're looking forward to him being here uh, Also want to uh, Let you know that uh, We will Choir practice will be today to that, uh, Just prior to getting ready to go to the message. That's uh, for both the older and the younger students. Um, they're going to be singing on pastor appreciation on the 29th and also on Saturday, November the 4th at the break of the dollar event. So if you have any questions or need any details on that, see me she's sitting here on the front row. Uh, also, <laughs> I want to uh, let you know that uh, most of you know that uh, Lauren Sandler passed away um, uh, two weeks ago, a little over two weeks ago now. And uh, we do have arrangements for her services. It's going to be Wednesday, October the 25th. It's going to be at O.R. Whittier Funeral Home right up here on High Street. Uh, they'll be calling hours from 4 to 6, and then her memorial service will begin at 6 o'clock. And I do want to mention that today is Robin's birthday, so uh, we, we just remember her today and, and so thankful for it. Um, the, the faithfulness of God and uh, all that He is. So uh, if you can make it to that service, I know that she would be uh, pretty, pretty tickled of that if uh, as many that could be there. Uh, so before we get into the offering, um, I just decided this morning that um, I want to just share some scripture with you. Now, uh, unless you haven't paid any attention at all to anything in the last... Uh, what, seven, nine, nine days, uh, eight to nine days, if you haven't paid any attention to what's going on in the world, um, we know that Israel is at war, um, they were attacked, uh, a surprise attack at the end of Tabernacles uh, last weekend, and um, there is uh, a lot going on there, and we had a special prayer service this past week on Wednesday, and thankful uh, thankful for everyone that Able to be here at the last minute, something that the Lord dealt with me just the day before that, and um, so I'm thankful for all that we're able to be here to uh participate in that and have a prayer. And you know, we always uh tell you we pray for Israel, we support Israel 100% here at Judah Tabernacle, always, and believe that they are the apple of God's eye and they are the center. Of everything that God has done and is doing, they're the reason why we can look up today.
1: Amen. They're the reason
0: why we're going to have a final redemption. And um, I, I, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about the things that are that have been happening that are happening. But uh, I, you know, I, I contemplated dedicating a whole message today uh, to the things taking place there in Israel, and I just didn't feel compelled to do that. If the Lord would have laid that upon my heart, I certainly, you know me, I certainly would have done that. Uh, but I didn't feel compelled to dedicate a whole message. But I do want to share uh, some scripture, and I just want to share with you some uh, some things about what's happening over there, uh, because I know I have a lot of people, and I say a lot, a lot is a word that I use a lot, <laughs> uh, and I know that it's misused, and when I say a lot uh, I don't mean 50 or 60, but there are several, there's always a number of people that always come to me and say, I really don't understand what this is all about. I'm not really sure what is happening, why, you know, what does this mean? And of course, uh, immediately, um, you know, we had a on the, the Saturday afternoon that the, uh, after the attack that morning, and I had several people uh, ask me, what do you think this means? with where we are at the end of times and where we are with God's timeline. And so I just want to take uh, uh, just a few minutes, extra minutes, this morning before we get into the offering. Is that okay? Uh, to kind of, I think it, it uh, behooves me as a pastor to make sure that you as uh, the sheep in this congregation are have at least a grasp and somewhat of an understanding so that when you pray, you know how to pray, why you're praying. And for the most part, I don't have all the answers. I'm not a I'm not a scholar in anti prophecy, and I don't know every date and every detail and those kind of things that just not how I process. But I will tell you that uh, there are things that I think it's important that as we the church, and I say the American church, the church on this side of Israel needs to understand okay um and so first i just want to read uh we're going to pull up psalm 122 it's only nine verses but it is uh it is the, the chapter where we get the uh the scripture pray for the peace of jerusalem so i just want to read that i'm going to read it from the complete jewish bible just because i like the um the translation and the interpretation there but you can follow along there by am going I through this morning, is that all right? I won't keep you too long. I'm going to bore you with a lot of details. It really isn't boring, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Uh, so this is David. This is the Song of a sense in, uh in Psalm 122. He said, I was glad when they said to me, the house of the Lord, let's go.
1: Rightly
0: quote that out. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He said, Our feet were already standing at your gates, Jerusalem. So that means he was waiting for the doors to open. David was prepared, ready, and waiting for the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord. Jerusalem built as a city, fostering friendship and unity. The tribes have gone up there, the tribes of Adonai, as a witness to Israel, to give thanks to the name of Adonai. For there the thrones of justice were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for Shalom in Jerusalem. May those who love you prosper. May shalom or peace be within your ramparts, prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my family and friends, I say shalom or peace be within you. For the sake of the house of Adonai, our God, I will seek your well-being. Okay, so this is is where uh, for centuries the... Uh, scripture pray for the peace of Jerusalem. One of the uh, one of the uh, uh, commands, or one of the things that has been taken. Also, the Bible tells us, God said, "I will bless those that bless you," speaking about Israel, and I will curse those that curse you. Yeah. Okay, and so we understand that there is a blessing, um, and we, as the Gentiles, and I say that um, that anyone that is not born uh, into um, a uh, Jewish blood, a Gentile. Jesus came and made us all one new man.
1: So I let me say this. I didn't have plans to say this. But let me say this
0: unequivocally. I do not believe in replacement theology. This church does not embrace the idea that the church has replaced Israel in God's eyes. That's God's teaching. That's doctrine of demons. And this church does not believe that. So don't come to me in the Bible. Send you really quick, we will not even discuss it because it's not even scripture. Okay? He grafted us in and made us one new man. And so now, because of everything that he's doing with Israel, we are benefiting. So I say it often, you know, I've said it down over the years. Whatever whatever happens there in the physical, when they are blessed physically, the, the body of Christ receives that spiritually. So that connection is there. So uh, just let me remind you, amen, that uh, Israel is the apple of God's eye. And I know that they are not all in unity concerning the Messiah and concerning that Jesus is the Messiah. The Bible says that they, some of them are blinded on purpose. God is blinded some of them. But I will tell you that there are many Messianic Jews that live in Israel that are teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they are right in the midst of this conflict and this war. Uh, And so, uh, just just so that you understand that. But the conflict that's going on over there uh, in in Israel, between Israel and the Palestinians, or Israel and Palestine, um, it all comes down to a really small piece of property, a really small piece of land. And uh, that land is the land that they share uh, on the, uh, the land that is west of the Jordan River. It is what is referred to as the West Bank. So if you listen to any kind of news or you read any kind, you'll see West Bank a lot. That is that is the land, that is the area that uh, Israel and Palestine, they share that land. Okay? So you need that. Uh, understand that. That land that's west of the Jordan River or the West Bank. Now there are two uh, pieces of land, or two areas, if I can say it like that, Uh, one being the West Bank and the other one being the Gaza Strip. The Gaza Strip, or Gaza, is the east of the Mediterranean Sea. Um, Now, West Bank and the Gaza Strip uh, are completely, almost completely occupied by Palestinians. And those Palestinians that are there, I I can't remember, I want to say high in the 80s in a percentage-wise, that... uh, those Palestinians are mostly Muslims and Arabs that, um, that are there and occupy the area there, the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. Now, here's what you have to understand. The West Bank is in Israel, and West Bank is the biggest of those two territories. The so, Gaza Strip is smaller. The West Bank is, is the larger. Keep in mind that Israel and Palestine share the West Bank, okay? but it is in Israel. So by their national laws, and even by international law, uh, Jerusalem is part of the West Bank. Okay, so Jerusalem is considered part of the West Bank. Now, East Jerusalem is considered the capital, okay, of Israel. But here's the catch. It is claimed by both the Israelis and the Palestinians. So both of them say that Jerusalem is their capital. So this is why they're fighting Okay, in a nutshell, this is why the conflict is there, has been there. Okay, so they, they both claim that this is their capital. Now, if you study history at all, you'll know that the West Bank and the Gaza was captured by Israel in 1967. That is called the Six Day War. Okay, this was done uh, to achieve peace, uh, but in uh, so from 1967 until okay, 2005, Israel. Uh, Secured uh, These areas Uh, But in 2005 Israel disengaged from Gaza In order to achieve peace And there was supposed to be some agreement Between Israel and the Palestinians They were Gaza uh, To achieve peace So Israel disengaged from Gaza Giving control to the Palestinians Okay I'm trying to do this as easy and elementary as possible but the Palestinians have not, did not, and have not refrained from terrorism. So there really has not been any, any, uh, any kind of uh, agreement or peace. And so now you have uh, the militant Palestinians that are, that are uh, against uh, Israel and what is the uh, Israeli Defense Forces, the IDF, their army there. Uh, and you've probably heard the, the, the talk about Hamas. Hamas is important because Hamas is a very aggressive, (coughs) very aggressive military movement that comes from the Sunni branch of Islam, and they are southeast of of Israel in Gaza. So the Hamas is a military movement, terror, okay, like like this terrorist movement that is from the the Sunni branch of Islam. And then you have Hezbollah, which is another aggressive militant and also political so they are a militant and political movement from the Shiite branch of Islam, and they are north in Lebanon. Okay, so they are north of Israel in Lebanon. Um, both of those uh, are mostly in agreement except for their religious belief and it's concerning who's going to take the place of the prophet Muhammad. Um, but the Hamas, or the Sunni uh, branch of the Islam, is the largest of the two groups, so they are the largest. They are the ones that attacked Israel Uh, on October, uh, the morning of October the 7th. So they are the ones that uh, went in and attacked Israel. Now, you understand the government of Hamas. They have uh, their documents, their charter, if I can say it like that. They call, they are calling, and they have, that's part of their purpose, is to call for uh, the establishment of an Islamic Palestinian state to replace Israel. So their desire is to replace Israel. They don't even recognize Israel right now, even though in 1948, Israel was declared a state and her people came back home. That's when our end-time prophecy started. That's when we we over here should have started counting and paying attention, okay? But they don't even recognize that Israel Israel is a legitimate government. So this is why they declared Jehovah. I mean, so that that word jihad, you're probably like, what is that? Jihad simply means holy war. So these jihadists, okay, and there are jihadists, people that adhere to the jihad right here in the United States. Okay, and in other countries all over the world. Jihad is holy war. And that holy war, jihad declares that they're going to take Palestine from Israel. And when they do that, they're going to wipe out all Jews. (coughs) They're going to annihilate and exterminate all Jews. But, not only Jews, but Christians and non-Muslims all over the world. So that's us. This is why you must pay attention. This is why this is not just because the bombs aren't going off in uh, downtown Columbus or they're not happening in California, doesn't mean you need to shrug it off. This is serious stuff. God is paying attention. Okay, He wants us to pay attention. And so this is why uh, these things are not just uh, just things that you saw for talk about. They literally, they, they worship death, and they will literally die for the cause, and they don't care who's innocent, how many of theirs that die with them, how many of theirs, whether they are babies or, or senior citizens, they don't care because they believe they are doing it for the cause of bringing their world peace. Okay, now you should start seeing connection because the Bible says when you hear peace, peace, self disruptions, some <laughs> disrupt something. We've been hearing peace for the last few years coming from the Middle East. Okay, so this is why this is important. Uh, and so they not only want to take out Jews, they want to take out all Christians and all Muslims in the world. The Prime Minister of Israel, the uh, Netanyahu, has committed that this is going to be a long-term war. It doesn't matter if Hamas backs off or pulls off, it's on Israel has declared that this is, they are committed to a long-term war. I just saw this morning, that a few hours ago, they sent tanks into Lebanon. I just told you that Hezbollah is over in Lebanon, and um, you're talking about, Damascus and Gaza and all of those things and Scripture speaks of that. So, uh, I just want you to understand, kind of give you a really quick history of why we stand here and why we're calling special prayer meetings and why that that we feel uh, and we know that this is our obligation as the church uh, to pray for Israel and why we praying and what's happening. Um, and so... At the end of the day, I can't tell you, and maybe someone else knows, I don't know, but I, I can't tell you how all of this that's happening right now really does align with end-time prophecy, other than Jesus said in Matthew 24, there will be wars and rumors of wars. Nations will be against nations. There will be famine, there will be pestilence, there will be earthquakes in dire places. He said, when you see this, this will be the signs, but he said, this will be the beginning of birth pains. How many knows that birth pains escalate? They start out and they get harder And they, they come closer together We've preached on that before So all that I can say Is that Brace yourself okay? Because this is a sign That we are moving We are going closer Now there's been talk about the gold and Magog war he's heard of that since this has been happening The gold and Magog war um, That is in Ezekiel 38-39 uh, That just simply involves Russia. That's based on the geographical understanding. Now, according to Scripture, the and magog war is supposed to happen either before the rapture or right after the rapture. I will say this, that what's happening there in Israel as things are escalating and moving forward, we could very well see the war yeah. at and magog war 38 and So that, that, that means, however it is, whether it happens before the rapture or right after the rapture, that means, ding, 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 yeah. the rapture is in yeah. Okay? This is why I'm taking these few minutes this morning and sharing with you these things to help you understand what God is doing. Now, here's what you got to understand. God does not keep track of time according to America. Yeah. Right. America is not the focus of what God's doing. Everything that God's done doing in the scripture concerning the end time revolves around Israel. Okay, we're just wrapped in him. We just get that that covenant blessing. So he keeps track of time based on Israel and not any other nation. So don't 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 get wrapped up in what Washington's saying and what's happening over here in America. We've got to pay attention to what's happening in Israel. Okay, that's that's important. Okay, so here's bottom line: God did not call us and save us and make us covenant people and call us Safir.
1: The Holy Spirit in
0: us, the not the resurrection power of Jesus that dwells in every believer cannot produce fear. But He produces power, love, and a sound mind. So we are people of power. We are people of authority, okay? So you cannot sit and be afraid, okay? What you must do, the most important thing that I can tell you as a shepherd and as a, a preacher, as a pastor, is that for you to be ready... And do not allow fear to consume your heart and mind, because the enemy will use it to distract you. So bottom line, at the end of the day, Jesus is still coming, but his coming is closer now than it has ever been before. The rapture of the church is going to happen. I'm not sure when, and I'm not sure how the timeline works out, but it, there's going to be a patch in the land. Are you with me? There's going to be a patch catching way. And only those who are considered his bride at that time will be called up with him. I want everyone in this congregation, in this building this morning, to go up. I want every one of us to go up. I've got plans of going up, and I want you to go with me. Okay? I want you to go with me. But know this greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Whatever is on the horizon, God is for us and not against us. And He has already given us power and authority to be able to endure, to go through, and to overcome anything that is brought in this world. Can I give an amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Amen. Amen. I just wanted to, I just really felt God to share those things with you today. So if you have any questions, you can uh, let me know, ask me. I may not have the answer, good chance I may not, uh, but we'll try to find it. But uh, I just wanted you to have a little bit of clarity on what's happening because so many people come to me and say, I really don't know what's going on, Why? why do you pay attention? Why is it? I just gave you that in a nutshell. So many other details and things going on. But again, uh, that's there. So this is why it's imperative that we pray for Israel. We continue to pray for peace in Jerusalem. Amen? Because... There's a struggle going on there. Here, and let me say this. And as you stand, when to are ready to receive the offering, we're going to continue to worship. Let me say this. God already owns
1: Jerusalem.
0: Amen. His hand is on her. He belongs to her. Amen. And there's nothing that any Jew or any Palestinian can ever do to change. Amen. Amen. I'm to really to keep you long today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Man, I know we've shared a lot of things with you this morning, amen, but again, I think it's imperative that it behooves me as a pastor and a shepherd to make sure that you are uh, aware and uh, on guard, praise God, but as we get ready to go into the book of Judges, chapter 7, amen, Judges chapter 7, we're going to begin at verse 16, and let me just say that as you're getting there and saying, if you don't have a Bible, we'll have it on the screen, but Let me just say that I'm thankful for the altar. A few of you are too. But I'm thankful for the altar today. A lot of places have taken out the altar. I saw where someone not too long ago was talking about the altar was not spiritual and yada, 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 yada,
1: yada. Ah.
0: yada. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's Jewish. If you didn't know that. That's Hebrew. <laughs> Praise yeah. God. But, um, I'm thankful for the altar. Amen. amen. And the altar still has its place. Amen. With the body of Christ. Amen. amen. Judges chapter 7. Again, good to have everybody here today. Praise the Lord. Thank God for a sound mind. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Judges chapter 7, we're going to begin at verse 16. Everybody that can and will, please sing if you're able. Amen. If you have your Bibles, amen, in your hand, you can do that. If you have it on the app, if you have it on your phone, amen, praise God. If not, it's up here on the screen. We're just going to read and uh, just bring you what the Lord has laid upon our hearts today. Amen. Praise God. Judges 7, 16, everybody have it. Say amen. Amen. And he divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look on me, and do likewise, and behold, I will come to the outside of the camp. It shall be that, as I do, so shall you do. When I blow with the trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow you the trumpet also on every side of all the camp, and say, The sword of the Lord. And of Gideon, so Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. They had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets, brake the pitchers that were in their hands, and the three companies blew the trumpets, brake the pitchers, held the lamps in their left hands, and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal, and they cried, "The sword of the Lord and hand and of Gideon." And they stood every man in his place round about in the the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. And the three hundred blew the trumpets, and all the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the hosts of the and the hosts of the in Zerarath and the border of the Belmahala unto Tabab. The men of Israel gathered themselves together out of Naphtali and out of Asher and out of Manasseh and pursued after the Midianites. And Gideon sent messengers throughout all Mount Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and take before there the waters from Beth Barah and Jordan. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and took the waters unto Beth Barah and Jordan. Amen. They're going to blast us so far. We want you to give the Lord some praise for his word today. Come on. Let's give him what he's
1: going to give. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Right. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You they receive it. Amen. Today. And. If the Lord will allow me, I simply want to minister on this thought, go in this might. Go in this might. Look at your neighbor and say, go in this might. Amen. Go in this might. Praise God. Now just to give you again a a, a little bit of foundation, give you a little bit of prefacing what Uh, led up to Judges chapter 7 that we read. Amen. Uh, In in Judges chapter 5, we find, amen, that uh, there were 40 years of rest for Israel. Amen. But at the end of Judges chapter 5, we see that that rest was over. Because in Israel's prosperity and their uh, complacency, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. Amen. So they got comfortable with the rest, and they forgot about what the Lord had done for them, amen, I know there's nobody in here that's ever been there, amen, that you get comfortable, amen, with the favor and the blessing of the Lord, amen, and so the Bible says that for this reason, God delivered them into the hand of Midian, and the Bible says that God brought them into bondage, through the oppression of the Midianites. And so it was under the oppression of the Midianites that uh, uh, that Israel was brought into bondage. Now understand that God purposes. God allowed this bondage to come through this oppression. Now some would say I don't understand why God would do something like that. Why God would allow something like that to happen, you just sit and spent some time and told us how much he loves Israel and how that Israel is the apple of his eye. Well, I can tell you that that's why God allowed them to be brought into this bondage. Amen. This was a display of God's mercy and grace. Because you see, hallelujah, the oppression, amen, would eventually cause them to turn back to him. Amen. The oppression that was coming in there, amen, that God allowed by the the Midianites would eventually bring them back to him. It would have been worse if God would have left them, amen, in the condition that they were, in their place of complacency, in their place of neglecting to repent. Remember how many knows when you neglect to remember the goodness of God in your life, eventually you cease from worshiping God for the goodness in your life. Come on, somebody, because it is life and it is part of
1: our human nature that
0: we will bring things that will substitute. ...or take the place of that which was once in the forefront of our lives. So it would have been worse if God would have just left them alone. So if you're sitting in here today under the sound of my voice... ...and you feel like that God has allowed you to be brought into some pretty dire circumstances... ...and maybe even your choice... Has got you in a place where now you feel stuck where now you are under an oppression of the enemy you are in bondage you are away from the favor of God I don't want you to allow the enemy to make you bitter and angry I don't want you to allow His back on you, or that as God has put his hand against you, I want you to understand that it is by the grace and mercy of God that he still makes a place for you to say, yes, God, I see where I erred, and I'm ready to surrender all to you. I feel that in my belly for somebody today. But if you just say yes, God, I see it, I know it, I'm ready to surrender to you. The enemy will come way and that way uh, is the best solution uh, and we've all made mistakes we've all made a mess out of our life uh, that's the only reason I got a message uh, is because my life was a mess Hallelujah. so I'm not trying to convey to you that anyone in here is perfect uh, or that myself or anyone has it all figured out uh, but this one thing I know uh, I have been down uh, at the lowest point of my life and when I looked up every time, see it wasn't just one time, but I've been down several times, but every time that I've been down and I took the time to look up, do you know whose hand was that stretched there on me? It was the God of Israel. It was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, full of mercy and grace. And he said, Jeff, I have up on you. I have not forgotten you. I have engraved you in the palm of my hand. I've got a destiny for you from the moment you were created and conceived in your mother's womb. I've got a purpose for you. All you have to do is get up, confess, repent, and turn and follow after me. It sounds difficult, but it's easy as ABC 123 that's ever been in that place that God has brought you out, I dare you to give Him the biggest shout
1: of praise.
0: That's why the prodigals came coming home.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I can't get away from
0: this. I don't know who needs to hear this today, but that's why the prodigals are coming back. <laughs> Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Three years ago, 2020,
1: Amen. praise the Lord, hell thought that COVID was going to take out
0: the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And You know what? There's a lot. It's COVID. Huh? But can I tell you that the prodigals huh?
1: Just like
0: six hours. <laughs> At my age, I just like six consecutive hours of rest. Hallelujah! Somebody understand what I'm talking about. Hallelujah! You 60s people, I'm not going to mention the year you we were born. <laughs> I'm not Hallelujah! Yeah. But it brought them to humiliation. These are the people the gospel. the Bible says that. They they begin to make dens in caves, and they begin to make dwelling places in the mountains, uh, amen, and in other strongholds or other safe places. Uh, They were living like cave people. oppression and the humiliation that they were experiencing because of this oppression. Amen. It brought them down to a place. Can I tell you, amen, that sometimes who am I talking to today? Who is the Lord speaking to in this house? Sometimes, amen, God will even allow our lives to get to the lowest of the low. Amen. For us to realize that that there's still a refuge, Amen. Hey, David said, "Even though I make my bed in hell, that He would be with me." Hallelujah. So. Don't know who it is today. You feel like, hey, man, that you're at the lowest of lows and that God has no use for you and no purpose. Maybe you've messed everything up and the enemy's trying to bring guilt and shame and torment and humiliation upon you. Can I tell you, hallelujah, look up, look up because Jesus is there right now waiting to pull you out of that. I feel that today. My Hallelujah. You don't have to live like a peasant and a caveman. That's how they were living, the Bible says. Here's what you got to understand. See, when we think about the oppression of the Midianites, We think about the bondage that they were in. We think about that they were so humiliated that they were dwelling in caves and they were making dens in the caves of the mountains and in other places trying to find safety and security. Amen. Uh, we think that uh, in our mindset, at least least mine, but I think that most of us think that, you know, just like uh, what happened amen, uh, in Israel <laughs> amen, recently, that uh, uh, the Midianites just went in and, and they, they took over the land and they, they just began to uh, take over the land. You've got to understand that at this time, the Midianites did not continually occupy their land. Uh, amen. Can I tell you when the Midianites would show up, uh, amen and bring the oppression to Israel they only came amen at the time of harvest to steal everything that Israel grew so they did not walk around the streets 24-7 there was not an intimidation by the Midianites hallelujah but they did show up whenever it was harvest time Can can I get somebody to amen relate to me right there Hallelujah, when you think, praise the Lord, come on somebody, amen, when the enemy shows up and he tries to steal every prayer you've prayed, he tries to steal every bit of sweat, everything that you have invested into the kingdom, all the seeds that you have sown, all the giving, he comes, amen, the Bible says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, the enemy will show up every time hey amen you're getting ready to bring a harvest why because that's what would bring them famine that's what would bring them oppression but I've come to remind somebody of camp meeting 2023 it's only been a little over a month ago hallelujah that the Lord spoke and he said I'm going to restore the years that the caterpillar has eaten that the locust has destroyed that the canker worm has devoured I'm going to restore the years well guess what if he promised you that then and the years have not been reversed he's simply not done yet so don't you give up don't you let the enemy sneak in steal your harvest hallelujah but rise up in the remnant of this last hour and say as for me and my house we are going to serve the Lord so their sin and their disobedience made all of their hard work profitless You've got to walk in true covenant with the Lord. You can't live life the way that you want to. The way that feels right. You can't live life according to even to the circumstances that are warranted to you, but you've got a pattern in your life. This is God's blueprint for life. From Genesis to Revelation, it's his blueprint for life. It tells us, uh, amen, gives us the guidelines. You stay in these guidelines, guess what? You're going to have peace, joy, hope, uh, strength, Come on Somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah, prosperity, favor. Amen. Now, you may not, it's not going to be a bed of roses. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, but I'm going to tell you at the end of the day, uh, how at the end of the hallelujah, the battle, you will be the victor. You will be the one that does overcome. Come on somebody. If you stay within these families, that God said, step outside of them, you pull my hand back. Hallelujah. So that sin and disobedience, amen, caused all of their hard work to be profitless. You can undo years by walking in disobedience. So, the Bible says that all of their produce and their livestock was stolen to make loss of all that was brought to fruition. So, all of it was taken, it was stolen, even all of their livestock and all of their produce. Hallelujah. Hang with and the Bible says, it says, and as far as Gaza, we talked about Gaza earlier. As far as Gaza, that means all the way. As far as Gaza, the land was ravaged. The land was, was, was the whole land was ravaged by oppression. Some of you are looking out over your life this morning, and it looks like everything is in waste. Everything is in ruins. I do not know who the Spirit is talking to today. And I'm here to tell you that God can take what's been ruined, restore it back. And when he restores, he always gives greater than what it was before it was ruined. Come on, somebody. That means your marriage, your family, your finances, your home, your job, your mental health, your physical health, your spirit. And come on, somebody. Hallelujah. He will restore unto you the years. The Bible says that they, that the Midianites came in as thick, amen, as locusts. They came in with their camels as thick as locusts. And they surrounded Israel at the time of their harvest and at the time of their bringing in. Amen. And the Bible says that there were so many of them that it was beyond numbering. How many ever felt outnumbered? I've mean, never felt like every demon from hell yep. has set out against you. Okay. <coughs> now you know that you know like- Praise God. Uh, you, you feel like that. And then everywhere you turn. Amen. Now people. feels like people are, are, are against you. And all of these things. Uh, so so remember. Amen. Uh, that. And understand that. Uh, the Bible says that they came with their camels as thick as locusts. So, that so many that they could not be numbered. Uh, amen. Why? Because their purpose was to destroy. Their purpose was to devour them. And can I tell you at the end of it all, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to destroy you, your home, your family, your mind, your finances, your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with people. He wants to destroy all of it. And the Bible says that Israel became discouraged and began to cry out to God. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God sent them an unnamed prophet. A prophet that we we, we see has no name to remind them of all that he did for them in the past. Can I tell you that God is raising up many unnamed men and women who are going to declare the works of the Lord in this last hour. There's a lot of people trying to make a name for themselves in the kingdom. Hallelujah. But let me tell you what... God's going to raise up some people that nobody knows. And he's going to speak to them. Amen. Hallelujah. This unnamed prophet came and began to remind them of all that he had done for them in the past. How many knows that when you get to that low place hallelujah that you just for for some reason amen in our humanity and in our weakness in our flesh we just don't seem to think about all that God has already done for us why I remember he done this for me and I remember he done that for me this is why God had them set up memorials this is why God had them build altars this is why God would have them put up stones amen to remind them but to remind those that came behind them uh, something happened here what What's it that happened here? Let's read the rock. Oh, this is the place where Joshua brought them over the Jordan. And that oh, this is the place where they crossed over and entered into the promised land. Come on somebody, do you hear me? Now I've come to bring some good news to remind that one or two or three or however many are in here today and you're at that point and you feel like you're at the end. Hey, Amen. And there's nothing left to do but die and give up. Hallelujah. Can I tell you? I rebuke the spirit of death. I rebuke the spirit of suicide. I rebuke that lying demon that would tell you that this world would be better without you, that your family would be better off without you, that your family doesn't love you, that this church doesn't want you. All that the enemy does, I rebuke that today and I bring you good news. I come to remind you that listen to me. You're here today, and because you're here, uh, that means God's brought you here. uh, And if He brought you here today, He's brought you out uh, before again and again and again. Uh, And if you're here today, that means He ain't finished with you yet. uh, And you're here in this reminder uh, that. glory to God he came to remind them of God's love that if he loved them enough to deliver them from Egypt he loved them enough to deliver them from the Midianites I said, if he loved them enough to bring their forefathers out of Egypt, then he loved them enough to bring them out from under the Midianites. Hallelujah. Are you understanding that? He came to remind them of his love. He also came to remind them of his power. Amen. If he was powerful enough to bring them out from under the bondage of Egypt, is he not powerful enough to bring them out from under the bondage of the Midianites? ever seen the power in the hand of God miraculously turn things around, move paperwork, change minds, oh somebody help me I'm reminded amen, when I was 13 hallelujah, amen my dad became disabled amen, and he was on his deathbed amen, and he had always taken care of everything amen, and now my mom had to do it, it was during the blizzard of 78 went out, and my mom called a man for assistance, and they told her, we can't help you. They told her, there's nothing that we can do right now, and my mom said, I've got kids at home. You need to tell me that my husband is in the hospital dying, and I've got young kids in the house, and it's zero degrees outside. Mom, I can remember she turned the oven on in the kitchen, put down, amen, the oven door, amen, and turned on heaters, and she prayed. And the next morning, she got up and she got a phone call. You know that's when we still had rotary phones, and you had to answer and say hello. No caller ID, no, no voicemail, no message machines, amen. It was early in the morning, and it was that social worker, and she said, Miss Leslie. Now here's the clincher. Somebody go. He told them the real problem was their disobedience. Come on, somebody. See, they thought the problem was the Midianites. Sometimes we blame the enemy. And sometimes it's because of our own slothfulness or disobedience. That's not every time, but... And it, it, it applies to the story. Hallelujah. Amen. See, the real problem was them. Yeah. So just because they cried out to God didn't mean they had repented or they recognized that they were the problem.
1: Yeah.
0: I see it. I see it. Often, people come in broken, mm-hmm. desperate, rightfully so, and they come. And they cry out to God. But their heart is not repentant. And they don't recognize their need. And so they come for a quick fix. And then you see them right back in those dire circumstances again. We've got to get our hearts Right in order to see this power. Come on, you understand me? Hallelujah. Praise God. And so, so I want you to understand that this doesn't mean that they repented or they recognized uh, amen, that their disobedience was the issue. And now the Bible says, as they cried out, amen, it gets better. Look at your neighbor and say, oh, it'll It's going to get better. Be better. Be better. Be better. Amen, be it be I'm, I'm moving on. Help me, Jesus. Oh, but an angel of the Lord appeared to, to a man named Gideon. Now, the very statement, if you study, and you look at the translation in and, and, and the Hebrew, in chapter 6, if you look that the, that the phrase or the statement, angel of the Lord, this denotes that this was God in human form. All right. It was literally Jesus incarnate not incarnate as he came as a babe the word wrapped in flesh but the same as it was for Hananiah, Azariah, Mishael when they were in the fiery furnace and there was one likened unto the Son of Man that was Jesus incarnate come on somebody do you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. So this angel of the Lord that appeared to Gideon denotes that this was literally God in human form. Can I tell you, God's coming to get somebody today. God has sent (laughs) this word to rescue somebody in these last days. Oh, God, help me, Jesus. Hallelujah.
1: Amen. And the angel
0: looked at Gideon, and he said, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Gideon's life.
1: You talking to me? Well, because the Bible says
0: there was no notable valor <coughs> about Gideon, and Gideon's like, see, Gideon was threshing the, the the grain at the wine press, which I might say was not an easy task.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Threshing the grain at the wine press. People didn't thresh at the wine press, but he was threshing at the wine press. Mm-hmm. These, these, these <coughs> teeth make me say my S is funny. <laughs> so help me if I pause and hesitate. My wife in front of me yesterday. But he was threshing with a lot of S's—at the wine press,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> which was not an easy task. So you can picture Gideon sweating and laboring. Okay, if I can put it this way, not everybody would be willing to thresh on the wine press. Where you been? talk tough right now. Come on, you got to understand that. That's gonna help somebody. Yep. Hallelujah. That's that's, that's what the Lord trying to do. So we said, the Lord is a <coughs> mighty man of valor. <coughs> now here's what you gotta understand. Gideon had heard of all of the great works that God had done for his people in the past, but he had never seen them in his day. Okay. That's
1: happening.
0: That's, happening now. that's relevant now. We've heard of a lot of these things that God has done, but there's a, there, there's there. I've never seen anyone raised from the dead. I've never seen anyone raised from the dead. I don't don't believe that I have ever seen anyone been in the presence of anyone who was blind, and they were healed and could see. I've seen lots of stuff, but there's a lot of things that. God promised that God declared that His works that I have not yet to see in my day. But thank God this day is not over. We're not talking about this particular date about this day, this time, this season. Because see, here's what you've got to understand. Gideon's response to what the Lord was saying to him, he said, now the Lord has forsaken us. See, Gideon thought the problem was with God. Because he said, he said, now the Lord has forsaken us. But see, God came to show Gideon that it was Israel that had forsaken him. He did not forsake Israel. That's what somebody needs to figure out right now today. You think, and the enemy's got you convinced that God has forsaken you, but that's not the case. He will not forsake his, uh, oh, come on somebody, do you hear me? He will not forsake you. You say, well, I'm not right with him. I guarantee you somebody has to bring a prayer over you, and that prayer is what woke you up this morning. That prayer is what got you out you were down. Come on somebody and help me out. Because I'll tell you what you are not going to find any kind of peace, hope or joy or anything that will sustain you in anything that the world offers. There's not a bottle. There's not a lick of alcohol. There is not a drug. There is not a manufactured drug. There is not a natural drug. There is not anything that can take you. amen to the place of peace, rest and hope that Jesus came. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. Amen. And so so you got to understand that he is not forsaken you. Right. Although the Bible tells us that it did bother Gideon that his nation was in the condition that they were in. It bothered Gideon. Hallelujah. But God said to him, Gideon, Go in this might of yours. Look at your neighbor and say, Go in this might. Go in this might. Go in this might. What might? I'm not some strong, powerful, I've not done great exploits. I've not, I, I, don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. And see, so many of you sitting here today don't realize the might that is in your life.
1: Come Amen.
0: Now the Bible says it's not by might, not by power, but by what? By the Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. So it's not anything within our natural ability, but he said, go in this might of yours. Let's look at this. What might was God speaking about to a man Gideon? A man, first of all, that might of the humble. Amen. he was threshing that, that, that grain at the wine press and not everybody was willing to labor and give and sacrifice and work in that way hallelujah but Gideon a man had humbled himself and was willing a man to be in that place threshing that wheat now hallelujah the might of the caring hallelujah he cared about Israel's condition a man Gideon a man have been strong in the natural and he may not have done any kind of great exploits amen according to the history of Israel hallelujah but the might that Gideon had was the might of the humble and the might of the caring now let's go even a little bit further the might in the, of the knowledge amen Gideon knew what God did in the past and if he did it in the past he Gideon knew that God was able to do it again. Hallelujah. Go in the might, amen, of the spiritually hungry. Gideon was hungry to see the hand of God deliver his people. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you understand, amen, that you may not see the might that is on you and so as the Lord calls you a mighty warrior of valor, you're Like I've not done anything. I've not fought any great fights. Hallelujah. But if you, amen, are willing to serve. And you're willing to do and be in places that no one else, amen, not everyone else is willing to be. That will take you, amen, into victory. If you've got a desire, hallelujah, to see the hand of God move like you know he's done, In the past, hallelujah, you can go in the might of the knowledge that I may not see him working and I may not know what he's doing, but I know he's a way maker. Can I tell you that'll get you up and that'll get you through the battle before any great gift or any kind of great mighty exploit on your resume. Hallelujah. If you want to see people set free and you want to see people saved, you want to see people walking in peace in truth, that is the might of the caring. And you say what? I'm nobody. But if you've got that desire, you are a mighty man or woman of valor. Come on somebody, do you hear me? He went in the mighty Amen. He listened to what the angel said. He may not have understood it. And he may have questioned it a few times. But he listened. So if you are listening to the Lord. And you are trying your best to be obedient. You are a mighty warrior of valor. And you can go into battle with that might. You don't have to have a great army behind you. You don't have to have a resume that you've seen a hundred demons cast out. You've seen the sick healed. You've seen the dead raised. Or that you prophesied. and say go in this light go in this and not touch your neighbor and say you're a mighty warrior of valor and see some of your life right? come on because the enemy convinces you that you're not enough the enemy convinces you that that you don't pray this way or you that. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody understand in these last hours, hallelujah, in these times that we're in. He said, I will be with you, Gideon. And listen, he said, you will defeat the Midianites as one man. Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. God's going to send you reinforcements. Don't you dare think that you're in this thing alone. Now, help me Jesus you work we're in a season when we we need to we need to we need to reduce our circle we've been connected and surrounded everybody's trying to connect with ministries of they can network and blah 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 that's something interesting. If God connects me, that's fine. But listen to me, I'm not driven by that kind of thing. I don't want to be driven by that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with networking. I'm not saying that. And I know God makes connections and keeping connections. But when we're driven by that, do you understand what I'm saying? hallelujah. So, so, uh, in this last hour that we're living, some of you may need to, amen, reduce your circle of people. It hurts. Amen. And you feel like, uh, amen, and even especially if you've invested. uh, in those people and you have put time and your heart and effort and you truly come on are you with me who am i talking to today hallelujah but you've got to reduce your circle god said you got a lot of people with you it, but ain't every one of them warriors ain't every one of them got valor oh come on somebody give me two with valor and you can have your 200 that may oh that's wishy-washy come on somebody do you understand he said you're gonna win this thing One new man, amen, as one. And so we know that Gideon said, Show me a sign. He said, I need a sign, God. Hallelujah. He said, Amen. I'm gonna put the Amen the the fleece of wool out there, Amen, and let the dew fall. And if the dew falls, Amen, all of the ground. Are you with me? Hallelujah. If the dew falls on all the ground, Praise the Lord. He said, I need some direction. I need confirmation that you're saying, can I Can, 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 I, can I get a witness there? How many is there? Praise God. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, first of all, what he did was he made a sacrifice and he laid it on that rock. And when he laid it on the rock, the Bible says fire came out of the rock and consumed Gideon's sacrifice. Oh, hallelujah. I dare you to touch somebody around Just say the fire is coming. The fire is coming to get you. Everybody ain't going to see it. Everybody ain't going to understand it. But if God sends the fire and he receives the sacrifice you can rest assured that he's going to do what he said he would do. The Bible says that Gideon he responded with awe and worship unto God. So much so that he named and built an altar and he named it Jehovah Shalom. Peace. Yeah. God is peace. He named it Jehovah Shalom. See so you got you gotta respond.
1: Come on now.
0: With worship, no matter what it feels oh, like, no matter on, what it looks saying.
1: No peace. matter who else is
0: worshiping, you've got to respond. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, that's your might that's gonna take you through. Come on,
1: somebody
0: Amen. that's when the Bible says That Gideon perceived that it was an an angel and not a man. Up to that point, Gideon thought that the angel was a human being. He thought that that was a human being coming and giving him a word for God. It was at this point when he realized that this was God in human form. This was an angel of the Lord. Hallelujah. We'll preach on that some other time, but some of you about to get some revelation. Come on, you hang tight. The Lord spoke, I believe He spoke Thursday night. Amen. In 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 prophecy, and he said, "I'm I'm going to bring revelation, and, and I'm going to wake you up. And then when I wake you up, I'm going to give you revelation. I'm gonna I'm gonna am gonna bid you to come out. Amen. And I'm going to, I've got secret things that I want to reveal to my people in this last hour. Amen. God's got revelation. I'm not talking about pretty just to them. Amen. I'm talking about revelation to bring us into, amen, a greater dimension and a greater place in our relationship with God. Amen. So that's when he perceived that it was an angel and not just a man. And the Bible says that very same night that God told him to tear down your father's altar to Baal. Gideon's dad had an altar to Baal. And God spoke to him that very same night. He said, Gideon, I want you to tear down that altar. Think on that. (laughs) Probably not so much my dad, but my mom. Go in and tear down something, sheep, Baal? Yeah. yeah. Are you with me? Amen. He'd go in and talk about, amen, talk about, amen, obedience. That's what the might that he was going in. See, here's what you got to understand, that they worshiped Baal right alongside Yahweh. This was a time when they worshiped Baal, and they worshiped the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the same time. But the Bible says, amen, that he did it at night.
1: Do
0: you believe Amen. He went in at night and he tore down his father's altar. But that next morning, they wanted to kill Gideon because of what he had done, because he had tore down the altar of Baal. They wanted to kill him. But you know what his dad did? He said, wait a minute, fellas. If Baal is really a god, don't you think he's able to defend himself? He said okay, if Baal really is a God, then don't you think he's able to defend himself? So so uh, uh you know he'll plead on his own behalf. How about you leave Gideon alone? But what they did do is give Gideon the nickname Jeroboam. Amen. That said, let Baal defend. Hallelujah. They tried to they tried to label him, they tried to put a man of that on him, praise God. But the Bible says the spirit came upon Gideon. And he blew a trumpet and he gathered an army. Hallelujah. That's when he put out the wool fleece. He said, said, you know what? I've I've got an answer and and I I really believe what God wants to do. He said, I'm going to lay this fleece out at, at night. And he said, if the dew lands just on the fleece, the piece of wool and not on the land, then I'll know For a surety that God is telling me to move forward. But then the next night, Gideon said, I hope I'm not offending you. Can I just pray one more time? I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what he said. He said to God, can I just pray one more time, God? Just one more time. So now... You answered, and you let the fleece be wet with dew and nothing else. Now I'm going to put the fleece out, and I want the fleece to be dry and let everything else be wet with dew. So we know that Gideon put the fleece out. That next morning he got up, the fleece was dry, and everything else (laughs) was around Everything else was wet with dew. Hallelujah. He said, I want you to be angry with me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> how he knows that sometimes we question the Lord? And sometimes, amen. Praise the Lord. We just need that confirmation. But I come today to tell somebody, hallelujah, that you're waiting for some kind of supernatural uh, of, uh, impartation and you've got the might already in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That you, you need to go forward uh, and watch God fulfill what he has spoken. Ha, hallelujah. Now we get to chapter 7. Everybody say, finally chapter 7. Hallelujah. Praise God. I said all that. Amen. Uh, Hallelujah. To bring you to where we were. Uh, Amen. Now Gideon calls and sets that up and blows the trumpet and he gets an army. Amen. He's got 32,000 men now that are gathered with him. And God said, you've got too many amen why would God say you got too many because God said I cannot let you have that many men and then take a chance that Israel's going to take the credit for what I'm doing if there's 32,000 men then it's easier for 32,000 men amen now the Midianites had 135,000 he said it's easier for somebody to believe that 32,000 men may have overcome a hundred and 35,000 than it would if uh, we reduced that number. He said you got too many because ain't nobody going to get the glory. That's another reason why God will let your back be up against the wall. That's another reason why God will let circumstances look like that. He has left you that it's not going to happen because he said after all this time, uh, after all that you've been through, uh, after all of your hard work, uh, after all of your care, uh, after all of your spiritual hunger, after all Things, a hey, man that you've done, you stood in. A uh, hey, man the weakness, and let my strength be perfected. After all. The- anybody get the glory except for me because when I'm done somebody's going to look back and say surely the hand of God we need 5.5 million can I tell you that probably now that price has been up I haven't checked but I'm sure amen but that price has probably went up we need 5.5 million dollars amen at the least amen to get this new building hallelujah new worship center built amen you know what God going to do, he's going to make sure that at the end of it, when we stand in it, and we worship in it, and the first blast of the shofar is sounded in the new sanctuary, and the first drum on the guitar, and the first note on the keyboard, and the first beat on the drum, and the first microphone turned on, and the first word of worship, and the first hand that goes up right down to the last one. He gets the honor and the glory and the credit because there's no way, hallelujah, that he can take. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Do you understand? Hallelujah. He wants to get the
1: glory.
0: He said, so you got too many. 32,000 or too many. He said, I want you to send every one of them. Hey, Ooh, Jesus, that's afraid, home. Twenty two thousand tough tail and rain. Come on, somebody, not, not everybody's ready to fight. Come on, not everybody trusts in the Lord. That's why you gotta you gotta reduce your circle. Come on, somebody, do you hear that? Hallelujah. Twenty two thousand, now he's left for ten thousand. Amen. And give him thinking. wow, okay. Wow. 10,000 right. God said that we're going to do this as one man That we're going to see this Now he answered me right He he took my sacrifice He answered the fleece that I put out twice Amen Now I know that this is it Amen But then God said you still got too many 10,000 Versus 135,000 And you
1: still
0: got too many I love every one of you and everyone that God has sent here, that God has placed here in this, we're <laughs> blessed. But I look out every any given service, and there ain't one of you that I know of that can write a check for $5 million. And <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice for someone to walk in that has the ability. Come on, we come be on. like, ooh, one check, one check, come amen. on. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how God's going to do it. He may do it like that, but amen. Until then, he, sends, he sent someone in last week with a $10,000 check. Right. Come on, hallelujah. Because he said, Look, I'm not, I'm not done. Come on. Hallelujah. You don't have to have a great number but he's got. He said, You still got too many. You got 10,000. Amen. He said, I want you to put them to the test. And we know how the story goes. He said, I want you to take them down to the river and I want you to put them to the test. I want you to tell them to drink. Get down and drink. <laughs> And he said, Those who lack water like a dog, you're gonna separate them. Yeah. <laughs> and so the Bible says that they got down and come out.
1: And like, me down. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. So,
0: And there were some that bent down and they began to lap the water like a dog does. See that see that
1: but there were 300 of out of the 10,000.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well that's 9,700 of them <laughs> lapped like a dog.
1: But 300 of them did this. Yeah, see, you got to watch what's coming. Yeah, that's what you do He said,
0: "I want you to send those ninety-seven hundred home, right, yeah, see. and I want you to keep the three hundred uh, that didn't laugh like a dog." Now, why would he send home? The, now, these were these were all these were all men who were not afraid to fight. Now, yeah. we ain't talking about yellow bellies and, and spineless people. We're talking about men that all said, "Yeah, we'll fight. We're ready." We believe this. We're with you. But God said, not all of them are qualified. Yeah, well. Come on. Not all of them are equipped. Why would He send home these 9,700 that laughed like a dog? I have such a great desire to leave you down there for a little bit that I will not. You can get up. That's so Hallelujah. Amen. But those 300 that put their
1: hand to their
0: mouth to drink. You know why he sent the 9,700 home? Because they were laughing at that water and not paying any attention to what was going on around them. But these other 300 that picked up and drank out of their hands, they were watching. That's what you do. So they would not be taken off. Guard, they would not be called surprised. Be so be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, seeketh as a roaring lion whom he may devour. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. Not everybody that says, I'm just because they're ready to fight doesn't mean that they are equipped, doesn't mean that they understand the the, the principles of the warfare. I need somebody who's going to pay attention and not get caught off guard because you know what could have happened if 9,700 of them were down lapping like a dog. They would have been ensued and attacked by the enemy before they even knew it. Come on somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. Kind of like what happened in Israel. Amen, just say amen on the 7th of October. Come on, they weren't prepared for it. Amen. The enemy caught them off guard. Hallelujah. That's why you cannot let the junk and the mess and the things of the enemy distract you. If people in your circle are negative or they're constantly complaining or they're constantly gossiping or they're constantly trying to pull you back or they're constantly focused on things of the flesh and carnality, hallelujah separate yourself and give yourself some people who have been, someone surround yourself by some warriors who have been in the prayer closet, who recognize the wiles of the devil and they're going to have your back. That's all. Oh, somebody help me. Somebody that's not going to be afraid to sound the alarm and say, hallelujah, the enemy's attacking and they're more worried about. Amen. I need somebody to help me that's the kind of might that you need to go in go in this might and he said to Gideon go down now into the camp and I will strengthen your hands I felt that when I was studying this message that that caused my belly to leap and I read that and I read that before preached on Gideon more than one time that he said your hands will be strengthened. And I've already shared with you and told you more than one time 2023 has not been my favorite year and I have felt weak and I have felt vulnerable and I have felt unsustainable and I have felt Amen. Like, I just wasn't sure. Not giving up or quitting. I have no desire to walk away from Jesus. What's out there for me? Nothing. But hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. But when I saw that he said, I will strengthen your hands. Your hands will be strengthened. Hallelujah. Then God sends a man with a dream. Amen. There was a man with a dream. And he shared it. And hey, Gideon heard it. Hallelujah. he saw a loaf of barley. Amen. Rolling down the hill. And it went rolling down down into the camp, a loaf of barley bread. went rolling down to the camp, landed on a tent. That loaf of bread shattered a tent. Amen. Destroyed that tent. Amen. Praise God. And He said, Amen. The sword of the Lord and the hand of Gideon. What did that mean? Barley was the poor man's bread. Barley was the poor man's bread. You know, like the ones that were dwelling in the caves, the Israelites. God was telling Gideon. Gideon didn't ask anymore that God sent a man with a To remind him, get in. If I said I'll do it, I'll do it. You go down, you may be nobody in the eyes. You don't have a great title, you don't have a lot of money, and you're considered poor. But I'm going to use you and I'm going to defeat the enemy on behalf of your people. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah, give me more confidence. So what did Gideon do? He divided those 300 men into three companies of 100. Hallelujah. And each one had a trumpet and an empty pitcher with a torch inside the pitcher. Hallelujah. The Bible says that they had the trumpet in their right hand and they had the Teachers, amen. In their left hand. And the Bible says that he ran into the camp at the changing of the guards. It was the middle of the night in the middle watch. And they had just changed the guards. So what happened? They were, un- amen, not prepared. They were caught off guard. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. The enemy thinks he's got the corner and he's got one up. Three hundred men had scattered a hundred and thirty-five thousand warriors. And they ran down and they said, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And then the Bible says that the men of the other tribes of Israel want to get ready to to the music, were summoned. And they came out from hiding preach right there for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. They were summoned. Those of the tribe of Nathali and Ephraim and Manasseh. They were summoned and they come out of the caves. And they come out from hiding. And they became part of this victory over the oppressor. <coughs> They became part of that. And the Bible says that they killed the two Midianite princes. I'm about to close. I've only said that one time today. Count your
1: blessing.
0: That'll be the only time I'm saying it.
1: because they
0: are about to close. They killed the two Midianite princes. Their names were Oreb and Zeba. Oreb means Raven. The Hebrew, Zim, means wolf. The Bible says they cut their heads off and they brought their heads in victory. (coughs) What does a raven do? A raven feeds off of carrion, it feeds off of dead, rotting things. And a wolf will devour you and comes in sheep's clothing trying to deceive but they cut the heads off of the raven and the wolf and they brought them in victory and so as you stand across this house God is saying go in this light the might of being humble, the might of caring, the might of being spiritually hungry, the might of allowing your weakness to be perfected, the might of knowledge, the might, a man of being teachable, the might of saying whatever you want, God. As you go in this might, you go with They had the shofar in their right hand. The right hand in the Hebrew is the sign of power. The right hand represents power. It represents authority. That's why being the left hand was considered a curse in the Hebrew. The right hand is the hand of power. The right hand of God is where Jesus dwells. The right hand of God is where the redeemed will be sent. The left hand is the hand of man. It's the hand, it's the side, the left side will be where those who God doesn't know will be sent. So on the right hand, was the shofar? What's the shofar do? It sounds the alarm. What is our alarm? It's the word of God. What we declare in the midst of battle, the sword of the Lord and Gideon. So it's me, I'm nobody. But in God, I'm a mighty man of valor. So I'm coming in, and I've got the sword of the Lord. I've got, amen, the word. I'm sounding the alarm, the shofar in the right hand. and the left hand was the pitcher that had the torch. What are we? It's the side, the, left, the left, left hand is the side of the man, the side of flesh. That pitcher was made of earth. It was earthen, it was made of the earth we are the dust of the earth that picture represents our flesh and that was broken in the midst of the battle so our will our ways our thoughts must be shattered they must be broken as we go in this might and then that torch that fire is the Holy Spirit anointing that is in us come on somebody do you hear me That's why you've got to be broken. That's why you feel you're in that place right now. That you're shattered. It must be so that the anointed can be revealed. And so they go with with the flesh and the left and that Holy Ghost anointing and the alarm. The sword of the Lord, the word of God in the right hand. Now you're going into battle and you're going to declare the sword of the Lord and me. They said, the of the Lord and Gideon. We already established that Gideon was, a, was not known to anybody at this time. But he was known to God. Because God said, I'm going to strengthen your hand. And you're going to bring them out as one man. Come on somebody, do you hear me? So you're going to go into this battle today. I don't know who I'm talking to. If you need to leave, we understand. I know that I've given you a lot today. But you're going to go into this battle you're going to go in this fight By what? Make Gideon a man of valor because of who he was. You're going to go in this fight, and you're going to go in. And you're going to say, I've got devil. It's the word and me. And I've been commissioned and I've been empowered and I've been endued i went through too much hell. My flesh is broken. My will is crumbled. This is no longer about me. That shattered. And I've got the anointing of the Holy Spirit inside of me. And I'm coming with my hands up, raised in praise, <laughs> and I'm gonna scatter the enemy. And the enemy's gonna be defeated. You're
1: gonna go in this might. So as they begin to worship. Maybe you're here.